0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hello, I'm Paul.
1: Hi, I'm Marissa.
0: Hi, I'm Evan. We're going to talk about The King of the Elves by Philip K. Dick, first published in Beyond Fantasy Fiction, September 53. Other authors in this issue include Jerome Bixby. Uh, You should know him from an episode of The Twilight Zone. It
2: is a wonderful life,
0: kids. Yep. Robert Block, uh, Theodore Cogswell, um, Isaac Asimov, John Wyndham, MCPs, um, a couple other people. Margaret St. Clair is in there. Um this is a really interesting magazine. Um I'm a big fan of it. There's a fair number of Philip K Dick stories in there including one of my favorites um uh, Upon the Dull Earth. It was a fantasy companion magazine sort of startup um uh, sister magazine to Galaxy which was edited by H.L. Gold who Horace Gold who was the editor of Galaxy and it's kind of a mirror universe to Astounding and, um, their fantasy magazine, which was called Unknown. So, uh, the stories in Unknown, you know, <coughs> Theodore Sturgeon would, would, uh, write for them, but Philip K. Dick never wrote for Unknown. Philip K. Dick never, uh, it was, I mean, it was also a different period as well. But, um, this is a very short-lived magazine and quite good. I think very interesting. Evan, talked about this on his podcast which i went back and found it was was it three years ago 2017
3: maybe early on when i was doing the philip dick stuff
0: yeah and it was you know this is a very early dick story it's 1953 it's basically his second year in print with his massive output um this is a story i basically ignored for a long time and uh i think you you were saying it was very popular and i i believe you're right it is a popular story but it sure doesn't feel like a philokadic story in the normal sense. Uh, it, 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 there are lots of fantasy stories that he wrote early on and sort of abandoned that route. But he could have been a, uh, urban fantasist or a, um, rural fantasist. And, um. I yeah, think I don't know. It's a fantasy story. I'm, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. It, I mean, if you read it as not a fantasy story, it's, it's uh something else but the one that's most similar to it for me is um probably expendable which is not a fantasy story exactly although it is really that's the one where a guy in a you know regular town comes home and finds the the ants and the spiders in his yard are talking to each other and they're in a war and they uh i think the spiders enlist him in the war against the ants um, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, is it the
1: same it,
0: period? It's a very similar yes. period. Yeah. Ah. Probably the same year written. So but. he's
2: still, he's still deciding what he really wants to write. and He hasn't fallen away yeah. from fantasy. yet. Well, the thing is is, is, is
0: what makes that, a, what, uh, uh, this has got elves in it, right? Ants and spiders are real, but a guy finding out that ants and spiders can talk. And also the birds in that story are a whole <laughs> a separate species that's a fantasy story too, unless you think of it as a psychology story. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That, that's kind of how I read it. But now that you say that, like uh, cosmic puppets is also right, kind of right. a guy being enlisted into a, a war that's been going on for quite a while.
0: Right. And then uh, and that's got uh,
3: spiders and stuff too.
0: The other one that is really striking for me uh, in comparison is um, the hanging stranger, which is pure horror story i think evan you mentioned um the the father thing which also has elements in in oh maybe but this is this is a mental illness story really deep down right yeah
3: that's what i think it is yeah I i
2: read it too yeah, if you if you assume that this that he's actually hallucinating all this the elves, the the trolls, his best friend becoming king of the trolls, if he's hallucinating all that then this is a mental illness story and it's a tragedy. It's like yeah. I mean, he I mean, he has his he has this little gas station, he gets quote, quote, unquote, and wrapped up in this war. He kills his best friend, the one that understands him the best. I mean, lots of people make part of him his, his friend actually understands him and he kills him and that's that's horrifying.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, there's a similar scene in, uh, The Hanging Stranger where he, he tells his wife and kids that they have to leave, that the town's been taken over. It's kind of a, um, invasion of the body snatcher story, right? Um, which we're and, doing soon. Yes. And they, they transform, um, while they're coming down the stairs from his beloved wife and children into the monsters, um, and, uh, I can't remember if he murders them or not, but he definitely flees. And then another very similar, you know, parallel to that story is the way of the, the stories being kind of circular. Um, so what I love about the title of The Hanging Stranger is it starts with a hanging stranger. Um, he goes in. he's been digging in his basement. He goes out, uh, into the city, goes to work. Um, he's late. Everybody else is there already. And, uh, on the lamppost uh, down the street from his store is somebody hanging in the breeze, you know, from a lamppost, they've been strung up. And he thinks that this is the most horrific thing imaginable. Uh, but then he realizes there is something more horrific that nobody else seems to think it's interesting or, uh, you know, worth paying attention to. They say, Oh, maybe it's an ad. Right. Um, and then at the end of the story, when he's fleeing the town and basically everybody, every hand is against him. Um, this alien invasion, this invasion from hell or whatever it is. Um, there's another hanging stranger and it's him in the next town over. It's, it's kind of almost like a metaphor for, uh, you know, communism taking over, and uh, or just not believing in the red scare. You know, um, and then they make an example out of you. And then we actually have a parallel in here with uh, the king coming in. Notice he doesn't have a name. None of the elves have names. The king uh, is brought in on a litter, and then at the end of the story, he's taken away on a litter, and he doesn't—he's not dying. Exactly. Although he's not in good condition after the battle, right? Uh, but the fact that he's carried off in the same way as the king is carried in, it's, it's like, um, it's the, the title works the same way. It's the hanging stranger, right? Even though there's two hanging strangers in the story. And it's the king of the elves, even though there's two king of the elves in the story. So. Mm-hmm. Um I I think what the difference like I'm looking at this table of contents I'm looking at this this table of contents and I've read Jerome Bixby and I've read John Wyndham and I've read Isaac Asimov and Robert Bloch right um mm-hmm. and the difference is and Margaret Saint Clair um and the difference is I feel like um Philip K Dick doesn't start with I'm going to write for a market I think he starts with my psychology is so weird um, I have these weird feelings and ideas, and and uh oh, I I happen to be able to turn them into s- fiction stories, and work out these ideas, you know, over a space of, you know, a f- thirty pages or whatever it is, and then there's a market for that somehow. But I yeah, feel well, when I read these other people, they are writing for a market. You know what I? You see the difference? Yeah. What I'm talking about like, I I think Philip K. Dick is sort of compelled to do these things in a way that the other guys are, are interested in doing these. They're looking for ideas. He he's exploding with ideas. And that's why there's so many of those stories early on.
1: Yeah. I was just reading something, um, an essay he wrote and you can hear that in his voice. Like when he talks about his writing, he's not saying I, you know, I thought this would make a good story or I had the story idea. He's saying, this is my attempt to explore this thing. What would it Mm -hmm. look like to, you know, to see the world through this person's eyes or that person's eyes. And he's kind of, he's just exploring, um, the psychology of other people and animals and, mm-hmm. you know, made up beings to see from a different perspective.
0: Um, uh, Evan, you mentioned, uh, in your podcast, the name Shadrach Jones being sort of a weird fantasy name. <laughs> like you could do auto-generated i've never heard it before uh, yeah a lot well, of the names are weird here yeah fin- like. oh, phineas what was the other guy's name phineas has a lot Are these like
1: irish phineas names phineas. or
0: something? yeah well Derry yeah. is irish right um,
1: yes
0: and jones is welsh shadrach is a biblical name as far as i'm uh rec- recalling but uh i don't remember but yeah even like um I made a lot of notes here, but there's a lot of pages. So, mm-hmm. Oh, Phineas Judd, right? That's a, a f- funny, funny name as well. Dan Green, obviously Green being uh, uh, Ireland as well. But actually the setting is Colorado, which also is interesting. Um, that's where Philip K. Dick is buried. I guess he was carried there at some point and uh, laid to rest in a field in an obscure place in... Colorado. It's almost mm-hmm. like he is the king of the elves, if you see what I mean. Um, and it's, it, there's a lot of weirdness in this, like, very specific weirdness. But uh, yeah, there's the town full of men. There's no females in the entire story. You notice that?
3: Yeah, I noticed that.
0: Um, the, none of the elves have names. Um, how do they replicate? <laughs> is it binary fission? right um why is uh our hero or oh, the trolls for that matter and the trolls sh- well,
2: but the, 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 but more, it, There seem to be more trolls and they seem to be a greater threat the elves almost I get a sense maybe I'm bringing it to the story of diminishment on the part of the elves that they're that they're afraid the trolls are going to overwhelm
0: them and oh, overrun that, that's them definitely that, in the story
2: so so yeah. the, 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 that he's tapping into a whole fantasy of I mean, you, you mentioned that he clearly had read The Hobbit by this point, that the whole idea of the magic goes away, so to speak, to quote Larry Niven. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's a limited time he can actually become, he can be King of the Elves because their world is fading away.
0: Uh, yeah, the, their empire is diminished, and the, the troll empire is on the rise, right? Or, it's not an empire, but it's, it's very interesting that uh, we, uh, like, when I was reading the story, uh, first time in years, I guess, I'd forgotten, you know, how it ends. And if you all heard that Rene Auberginois narration, which is available on the internet for everybody who hasn't heard it, um, it's, the it, it, audience is laughing most of the story, right? Um, it, and it is funny. It's a, it's a comedy piece in the way that, you know, people react to, this idea I'm the king of the elves, or he's the king of the elves um the fact that uh the way that elves talk and all that, but I was thinking a lot about the setting and Evan, you really uh you've talked a lot about about the economics of this story um but well, I know, this forgotten
3: forgot yeah yeah
0: but- um and how many people are like this in our world and even back then um but i also I noticed just right before I Came to talk to you guys. Um that his skin is dark. Um is it possible he's black he's a black man?
1: Could be. Shadrach, you mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. He's an old man. He's he's Oh isolated. well actually
1: the mm-hmm. Yeah, the Disney adaptation, um the stills that they made for that, they mm-hmm. cast him as a black man in that.
0: Really? Yeah. Interesting.
3: What else do you I know could, about this I was thinking about that when I was reading this again because was it, it was going to be an animated movie for kids. So Yeah. They, were probably, they weren't going to play this as a mental illness story. They were no. just going to do it.
0: I think that's why it probably never got made, is because ultimately, deep down, when you think about what's <laughs> going on in here, this is not a happy story at all. <laughs> Hard to find a Disney princess in this story. Even though it's um, not elves, added yeah, I,
2: I think they probably would. God help us do something like that and add yeah. a Disney princess. Elf and, princess,
3: yeah, that yeah. he marries. Elf
2: princess, he he. I, I could see it now. It's like elf princess. He marries, and at the end, he becomes as small and diminished as the elf, so he can live a happy happy ever after with his elvish princess. That mm-hmm. ma- that would make perfect sense. And by yeah. and, and the whole. Premise we're going with that it's a story by my dilemmas, but I could see Disney doing it that way. Mm-hmm. It looks
1: like a lot of nature stuff as well. Like when you look at all the um, the concept art, they're all kind of the elves are like these little froggy, like mossy little creatures. So
0: mm-hmm. you can see this if you just type in uh, "King of the Elves Disney." Um, in, yeah, it's, in it's at Disney.Fandom.com. The elves here don't look like the elves in the story. They're they're more um, green beings more um, like fairies I guess um but yeah you're right and I'd never looked this up but uh, they have him as a black man here um I think that that's it's another layer of a- analysis as to what's going on uh, notice the way that people treat him in town uh, or the visitors to his home from the town you know the or to the you know, some guy comes by and honks and he expects him to come out and um, tell him what's his business about you being king of the elves, um, and then he says, "I'm king of the elves." Um, I was I was saying to my student, you know, if there was two gas stations across the street from one, each other, one of them was a Texaco or a Shell, and the other one was a King of the Elves gas, I'd go to the King of the Elves gas. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm imagining these these blocky, simple, there's kind of like a gas station in Exodus and it just says, King of the Elves gasoline. That would have <laughs> such character.
0: And have the the guy who's, you know, running the pumps uh, wearing his crown. Um, but then once, like if this was a real thing, right, if there was a independent gas place, which there are very few now up here, um, if it was at all successful it would just become a franchise and then that would be a whole different kind of story so this is more much more about uh, i think um about the landscape of colorado about the isolation of an individual and you know how uh men who don't get married they they sort of go crazy (laughs) Mm -hmm. and even men who do get married they go crazy just as over time you know things um
1: yeah, they become very lonely people.
0: Lonely and, you know, set in their ways and, uh, they don't have to accommodate other people's stuff and then they don't. Um, mm-hmm. and he's, he's basically, this is an H.P. Lovecraft Dreamland story, right? Except done through the Philip K. Dick lens, which is, it's not, it's not about, you know, wanting to, or Lord Dunson, he's the wonderful window or, uh, the coronation of Mr. Thomas Schapp. It's not about a guy who has a dreary job and wants to escape from it. It's, um, it's a, yeah, about the, a guy. The life of yeah, well, it's, it's about a guy whose, whose life, um, is suddenly interrupted, whose dreary adult life is suddenly interrupted by a delusion that, uh, ultimately ends in violence. Like the, it's horrific what happens, right? And that's why it did can't you, be adapted straight up.
1: I know. I would I kinda be. like to see that adaptation though, like that would be a much more fascinating.
0: Right, where it walks uh, away with bloody hands and, and we look back yeah, and we don't see the a troll we'll see, We see <clears throat> Did uh, you Go for it?
1: Did you guys read the um that H. L. Gold wrote the the current ending though?
0: or did yeah. he write it or he just suggest change didn't write
1: it but he suggested that it should have a happy ending and i was right. like it has a happy ending and then i'm like oh yeah like he does sort of. become the king of the elves but i i was trying to imagine the original ending um if it was very different if it was even
0: I think more it, i think it might be there. depressing i think it might be in there it's just there's a just a uh, bit shorter a, a page break um and then i think the ending's tacked on but, yeah uh, let me read that from the Philip k fans site so this is the only thing uh wrote about king of the elves this story of course is a fantasy not sf originally had a downbeat ending but uh horace gold the editor who bought it carefully explained to me i love that line <laughs> carefully,
2: <laughs> carefully explained
0: <laughs> to me that prophecies always come true it came true it if it didn't ipso facto it wasn't prophecy i guess then there can be no such thing as a false prophet False prophet is an oxymoron. Now, the thing is, is there is no prophecy in this story.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? So I think yeah, he's misremembering it a bit. Um, <laughs> he does that a lot. When when right? did he write that? Uh, it doesn't say. It just says TGM 321 story notes. So I think mm-hmm. it's long after when he's it's being collected. And it was collected into uh, The Golden Man, Beyond Lies the Web, Uh you know, masterpieces of fantasy and enchantment, which is funny. Fairies, spells of enchantment, Oxford Book of Modern Fairy Tales, right? bunch of other places, but it's not a fantasy story in the normal sense. It has much more to do with, uh I think, those mental illness stories, invasion horror stories, and yeah. uh, the just funny, cute, uh, expendable where... A guy is recruited by the uh, spiders to fight the ants. And then. Yeah, because. The title of that one is He's Expendable, right?
1: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: it, which is a very. That's a little on the nose. Yeah, but it's a cute one, right? So it's a cute little ending because it's so silly that the ants uh, defeated him and he's dead because of that. Whereas this one, uh, it's not one guy living in delusion and happy. It's like he took the, uh, coronation of Thomas Schaap or the wonderful window, or, or Philip, uh, H.P. Lovecraft's, um, And instead of having the guy dead at the end, but living as, uh, king in the dreamlands, he had the guy storm into the house of the guys taken over his, his family's ancestral estate, um, murdered him and then, found himself very happily uh, believing that uh, it was a, a troll. It's much more like the rats in the walls, right? That kind of ending where <laughs> he's just murdered his <laughs> his his, be- his son's best friend.
1: Right. And yeah. I way prefer the original ending if we're imagining that H.L. Gold added that last little
0: yeah, so bat- let's, part after the break. Let's just but, uh, um, figure out where that break is. Uh, so
1: I think it ends on he kills his friend. He walks away and says, uh, it, you know, it was quite a battle, wasn't it? We really mm-hmm. licked them. And then he's like, sure glad I could have out. Like, good night. And the elves wave, but none of them say anything. And that's mm-hmm. the end of the
0: yeah, story. Yeah, I, th- I agree. I think that that is the real ending.
1: Yeah, which, when I, I didn't notice this when I read it, but when I listened to that performance of it, mm-hmm. I couldn't stop thinking that the elves are Philip K. Dick's cat's. Like, if you read this story, they're bedraggled, they come in from the rain, oh, they yeah. sleep in his bed, they're, they they're living in his house, and then at the end they don't say anything, so I felt like, oh, this guy is delusional and he's got a bunch of cats, which he thinks are elves, and...
0: They're curled <laughs> they're up on the carpet him. in his bedroom, right? He's not yeah. to even be yeah, up there. Yeah, that is very cat-like. Good catch,
3: Marissa. I think this guy's been cultivating this, this, this fantasy for a while in his head. Um, yeah. Mm. By the way, early in the story, he's talking about how much money he made. Not enough, mm-hmm. but enough for one old man. Enough to buy him tobacco and firewood in magazines. So, I'm I'm assuming they're the magazines like the ones that are Science them.
0: fiction. And
3: yeah. And so, he's reading this stuff and he has some of the lore of elves. He refers to it like they're not in Colorado, but they're in Ir- you know, Ireland or Europe or something. Mm-hmm. He, he has some lore there. And, you know, right after he says that, okay – fireword and magazine so that he could comfortably, so he could be comfortable as he waited for the occasional cars to come by. So his life is just sitting there, watching for something to come. Mm-hmm. And so, lo and behold, it's the the elves show up, right? Just like a you know instead of a car. So he's probably thinking, imagining them coming for a while. Oh yeah, and I mean, some he some actually goes out. Re- yeah,
0: that that's it's a very op- a strong opening. Um, I want to mm-hmm. read a couple of. Uh, bits from that very beginning and then show you uh what the elves look like it was raining and getting dark okay you know this is the standard it was a dark and stormy night his mind Uh is in turbulence right um sheets of water blew along the rows of pumps at the edge of the filling station the tree across the highway bent against the wind a shadrach jones stood just inside the doorway of the little building leaning against an oil drum the door was open and gusts of rain blew in onto the wood floor so that's that is actually repeated later on the wood uh the wood floor being blown having rain blown onto it um i've never lived in colorado i've never been to colorado but that's my understanding is that it's very windy and it's really it's it's flat and Storm, when the rain comes it,
2: it storms it, coming over the mountains yeah it's it's rain in the summer and Snow in the winter and they're – but then then they're quick and they're gone and suddenly it's clear skies. It's mm-hmm. very, very whiplash.
0: So he lights up a cigar um, and then he said – first word he says is, darn, what a night. Rain buffeted him. Wind blew at him. He looked up and down the highway squinting. He's actually about to go home, right? He's closed for the day. He's going to go and count the cash, right? Um, he went back to the building, pulled the door shut behind him, opened the cash register. And then um, as he's uh, about to leave, he was just standing there looking at, out, the, out the front, looking at all the rain. Shadrach tensed. His fingers closed over the money. From outside came a sound. The melodic ring of the signal wire stretched along the pavement. Why is he tensing? Ding. Ding. Now he knows there's somebody there. He's tensing before it happens, right? It's almost like he's having an uh, uh, epileptic fit or something. Oh, Shadrack, yeah. He's
2: anticipating that. Yes. That turn into
0: fantasy and delusion. That's right where it happens, right? Shadrach dropped the money. I, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but anytime there's a uh, water um, running, like in a shower or at the sink, um, I hear phones ringing or doorbells ringing worried that I'm uh, the, the thing is, is white noise, right? Generates, uh, patterns of sound that you are look in the same way that your eyes are looking for things to recognize, um, in clouds or little dots on the ceiling, right? Or whatever ceiling tile you have, there's like little patterns and dots to be found in there, right? Uh, shapes and faces and such. Um, the same thing happens with white noise. Um, so if I'm in the shower and I'm expecting a student or somebody to come by mail delivery or something, I'll sometimes have to turn the water off and listen because my phone might be ringing or there might not be a phone ringing Mm -hmm. and I can't tell, right? Because the information is being generated that's the sound of the white noise. And that's the same thing that's happening here. He's got the rain pouring down. Right. And then ding. <laughs> and he's, anti- he's, I mean, the reason he's locked the door is because he's anticipated, uh, you know, he's going to go open the cash register, but why is he, why is he locking the door? Why is he closing it up? Because mm. he doesn't want somebody to steal it, which is anticipation, which is a kind of projection. So when that ding happens, um, he opened the door and stepped out. At first, his eyes couldn't make out nothing (laughs) or make nothing out. That is, of course, uh, how seeing works, right? Um, I studied a lot of this in philosophy. It's it's fascinating. Um, There's different theories about how seeing works. (laughs) Um, And, you know, there was these experiments that sort of happened in history where somebody who is blind since birth, is, uh, given, uh, sight by surgery, right? But of course they can't see. They have to learn to see.
2: Right. Because they haven't had that input all their lives.
0: Right. And so you, they, the, some French, uh, philosopher, surgeon guy comes up with a plan. He says, okay, this guy's going to get his sight back and I'm going to give him two objects. Um, one is a, you know, a pyramid and one is a ball. And I'm going to give those to him as the first things he can see. He can see it with his hands while he's blind. And he can see it with his his eyes when his eyesight is recovered. And I want him to tell me which one it is. Should be easy, right? Because one's pointy and one's round. Turns out it's not easy. Turns out you can't see when you have your eyesight restored. You have to learn to see. Which is insane. Right. But of course, it's about projection and anticipation. So, uh, he sees, he can't see, and it says, um, uh, then the old man swallowed uneasily. Two tiny figures stood in the rain, holding a kind of platform between them. Once they might, might have been gaily dressed in bright garments, but now their clothes hung limp and sodden, dripping in the rain. So he doesn't say they were wearing brightly. Colored clothes, he says they might have been, right? Um, oh, yeah. It's interesting. Mm. It, the, the description doesn't pres- preclude that they're, they aren't rightly dressed. But when you see another description of them later on, they're dressed in gray. And then later on, we have their swords are gold, right?
1: Yeah, and then they have, like, red... Plumes or something?
0: Or? Yeah, later on they do. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, it, here's a description. On the platform, something stirred. A small head turned wearily, peering at Shadrach. In the dim light, a rain-streaked helmet glinted dully. Who are you? Shadrach said. The figure on the platform raised itself up. I'm the king of the elves, and I'm wet. Shadrach <laughs> stared in astonishment. That's right, one of the bearers said. We're all wet. And this is where the audience listening to that performance by René starts laughing, right? It's a nervous laughter. They don't know it's a nervous laughter, but it is. A small group of elves came straggling up, gathering around their king. They huddled together forlornly, silently. Sir. That line, forlornly, comma, silently. This is something Philip Dick is, it's basically his trademark to me. He gives you a description, and then he gives you two adverbs at the end. With mm-hmm. a comma. It happens again and again in this story, and um, uh, it, you know it's, it happens in lots of his early his early works. I just I think it's it's actually a really well written story, but because it's so about such a sort of a small topic, we don't notice it. Is that? Uh here, I got another one just like that. Shadrach looked past them. Through the window he saw the highway steaming in the heat of the day, and down a little way was the gas station. Listen to this, glittering brightly. And even as he watched, a car came up to the to it and honked thinly, comma, impatiently, period. Mm. Right? Mm. And, yep. Go for it.
2: Yeah. Yep. How long the battle rage Shadrach never knew. He was lost in the sea of dark bodies, round, the e- round and evil smelling, clinging to him, tearing, biting, fastened to his nose and hair and fingers. He fought silently, grimly.
0: Yep. It, it's a standard. I don't know if you tell this to your customers, Marissa, or uh, you, you don't probably don't, don't call them customers. Employers? I don't know. Clients? Clients! Clients. That's the word we're looking for. I call them students myself, but, um, you, you probably don't tell them this, but I've heard it a lot. Uh, don't use adverbs.
1: Yeah. Um, don't, don't overuse adverbs usually.
0: Right? I mean, that's the thing is, is, um, if you read, uh, Elmore Leonard, who I'm a big fan of his writing, he doesn't use adjectives basically. He doesn't use, doesn't use, uh, adverbs at all. And a- anything that describes somebody speaking is said because said's so transparent. You don't even notice this, mm-hmm. right? It, it, there's no he jo he joshed. I <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. would you never asked. turn up. Yeah. The, no, it, cough. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and yet that signature here, um, I think does a lot of work and it's, and it's amazing. So mm-hmm. If it was working, you wouldn't notice it probably. Um, yeah,
1: exactly. I feel like all those advice are the kind of the same though. It's to stop like amateur writers from overusing something. But right. if you know what you're doing, like what Philip K. Dick does with the timing and the pacing mm-hmm. of it here,
0: mm-hmm. it, then it works really it's nice. Quite a long story for such a small idea, right? I mean, that Expendable I think is four pages. This is at least ten, mm-hmm. um, and and yet. Uh, I think it's not about filling pages for him either, right? To get a higher word count, to get a, I think he's he's timed it out here pretty well, so that that it changes from a oh isn't this novel to oh my god what am I reading, oh my god it's not what I thought it was.
2: Yeah, I think this I think this at a le- novel length might turn off readers. It's just, it would feel it would feel like a violated promise. Like oh my god what this is a story about. Sad mental illness? I didn't sign up for this.
0: Well, it could go the other way, Paul. It could end up being I Am Legend, right? <laughs>
2: uh, okay. Yeah.
0: I, I see your the point. There aren't that many novels that are I Am Legend, though.
2: Yeah, um, that, 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 that's a narrow hole to try to plug.
0: It is. It, it's a it's, uh, high bar. I mean, that I think that's his uh, Block's best. Uh, it's Robert, No, it's uh, Matheson, not Block. <laughs> Uh, both psych- psychology guys, but yeah, I think that's Richard Matheson's best work, um, and uh, there's also stuff about the dog. I mean, you could there are ways of making this longer, and it, certainly it feels like it's a little longer than it even is with with the town and the time t- times change. Like, notice that when he starts having this uh, delusion that he's king of the elves, and people start asking him about it. Um, there's like a few days pass. He's still pumping gas. Yeah.
1: yeah, and people think he's doing it for attention to get more business,
0: right? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Or, or they, the elves gasoline,
0: or they don't think that much of it, right? Like he doesn't think that much of it. Like, huh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But then he goes, you know, he still goes with it. And yeah. Yeah.
3: that got a lot of the laughs on the right. On the,
0: the reading,
3: where I think the elves are saying like, "We gotta go to battle now" or something. He's like, right. "But." You know, cars are
0: my No, I still Scary do to, that.
2: <laughs> very cool the DM kind of concerns. It's like, what about my gas station? Yeah.
0: And and I don't know if you guys uh have ever spent time with people who are mentally ill, but uh this is exactly what happens. Like somebody says something and they're mentally ill, and you say that's hilarious, right? <laughs> you start laughing because it's so not <laughs> it's not actual. Right. It's impossible. Yeah.
1: Because like, it threw you out.
0: It throws you out of, in the same way that a joke does, right? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I write a story about uh, a, a boy who breath- uh, exhales carbon dioxide kills uh, 16 students, a, a, a teacher's assistant, uh, the teacher, and a monkey on a skateboard, right? So the monkey on the skateboard is the part that gets the laugh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it was not expected. Um, anytime you have that, it's not expected. Uh, so his friend, uh, Phineas, who, uh, helps, helps him when he starts wandering through his yard in the middle of the night, right? Saying, come in for a coffee. Let's talk this out. Maybe you should go home and have a hot bath. Right. Um, it turns. And it's like, what is this other? Why, why did this relationship sour so? It's not like he was saying, you're not the King of the Elves. He's saying, don't worry about it. There's other times you can deal with this later and let's have a coffee and you want some more coffee. And like, he's talking him down, right? mm mm-hmm. um, And then he says, he doesn't, oh, let's see if I can find that scene. But basically he says, um, I hadn't noticed how he, his ears looked and his face looked and his hands looked until I saw him in the moonlight.
3: Right. Yeah, that's something I really wanted to jump in because it kind of goes back to perception. Yes. And, you know, I, 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 I've never really, well, I, I guess I've been around people who've had dementia and, and the change comes slowly, right? And mm-hmm. you know, until one day you realize what you're looking at. But when talking about this change that he sees in, in Phineas, when he figures out he's the troll, the troll king or whatever, and he. Right. Uh, where are we at? Uh, his face seemed oddly heavy and brutal. He never noticed how the jaw bulged and what a great protruding jaw it was. And on and on the skin was yellow and coarse like parchment. Mm-hmm. The eyes were too like stones. Like, you know, I, I go back to my hometown. Uh, not to get too personal, but I I, get, I go back to my hometown every summer. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I see my parents, it's like they're they're my parents and I recognize them. But every once in a while, because they're getting old, and I start to notice how old they look. Mm-hmm. And there's like it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes I'll like look at one of my parents and I'm like, you know, I see them differently for a moment. That's yeah. not really mm-hmm. how I see them most of the time. It's just once in a while. It's like wow, and it's kind of heartbreaking to see or whatever.
0: It is, of yeah. course. But,
3: you know, there. I think this is a actual phenomenon psychologically. Absolutely. You know, you know but maybe it, in the inverse, it happens with mental illness. You know, where Phineas just sees them as a friend, and then you know, but that. How, how far gone he's gone, you know, comes is, is evident, you know, at a time like when he starts talking about the elves, maybe or whatever. But
0: mm-hmm. I want to also something point... really interesting here about perception. Is... Absolutely, I also want to point out that um uh, he he sees them at night in the first page, right there. It's the storm in the night. He takes them home. Um, they uh, sleep in his bed. King dies. In the mor- then there's a page break, and in the morning, the elf's soldiers stood around him in a solemn circle. The living room was bright with sunlight. The cold white glare of early morning. Very Philip Gadick sentence. Um, there's- st- I was like, with my student, Did they- did they leave him? Is the dead body still upstairs, <laughs> right? <laughs> they bury him in the backyard? What do they do with a king? Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's never mentioned again. Just in the same way that none of these elves ever get a name. Not even the king, right? It's because when you're in a dream and you're looking through the library books, your brain is generating uh, all these books. Um, if you open them up and try and find the the random page and start reading, it's going to either devolve very quickly into unreadable or... It's going to be blurry and you need your glasses or whatever it is. There's just no way for you to generate that much. So delusions um, and beliefs about r- the reality of the world being different than what we perceive it as non-mentally ill people, hopefully, um, see it, are unable to do the same amount of filling in as reality is right that's that's the re- that's when i know i'm not asleep is i can pick up a book and find a random page and read the whole page all the way down right um i can look at a uh a, a scene you know a cityscape and notice particular details about buildings and come back to them um he's generated this concept that he's the king of the elves but he hasn't generated enough like lore to explain who any of these individuals are they're just a bunch of elf soldiers and there's the elf king and he doesn't look any different than the elf soldiers right he's just old he's not like Mm -hmm. you know blue haired and that one's uh, got streaks and right it's they're
2: they're, they're they're almost like they're faceless forces the elves and the trolls
0: I'll just read that here the faces of the elf soldiers were serious and concerned I'd be serious and concerned if I was uh, him as well Listen, one of them said, one of them, please hear us out. It's very important. And then Shadrach is, he's, he's trying to help them out, right? He's saying, um, well, I, this is all very interesting in whatever democracy or whatever system you've got. Uh, it's very interesting, but how, how does this involve me? Well, you've been named as his successor. Um, And then listen to this. As our old king lay dying, a few distant words came forth from his lips. A soldier said, we bent closer, frightened and unhappy, listening. I love that. Very philokidic. Uh Important, all right, agreed Shadrach. Not something you'd want to miss. He spoke the name of him who will lead us. I don't believe that he ever said, I'm Shadrach Jones, Right never there's no point in the story where shadrach says i'm shadrach come to my house i'm shadrach jones please lay in my bed they don't know his name yeah
1: that's another reason why i was thinking they're like cats like just turning up and adopting a human
0: yeah and just uh, lording it over the place right yeah um and then the other thing with the names, right, is um, he says uh, that's Sugar Ridge, and they say, no, it's the Lonely Mountains or whatever. And he says, this is high, uh, Route 20, and they say, no, it's the Lonely Road or the Endless Road, right? The Endless Road, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's not like um, Philip K. Dick is incapable of coming up with all these um, exotic names. It isn't like he he didn't. World build enough here, Paul. That's not the issue. <laughs> the issue is world building requires, uh, sort of a concentrated effort of, of creation. Whereas here, it's not a concentrated effort. It's a, it's a spontaneous sort of delusion that has been, you know, hinting itself into existence. And then suddenly when that you know, w- walk home in the rain comes to mind. I'm wet, right? Wow, it's it's a super sad story.
2: Very, very much so. Yeah. I, I I don't yeah. I don't feel lightened after listening to this. I mean, I mean Rene Auber. I can, I can pronounce this. Auber Chauinot's diction and his recitation is excellent. I didn't oh, yeah. realize he was such a Awesome narrator. Oh, I mean, he's yeah, a terrific I remember,
0: narrator. Yeah, I,
2: I I I remember him from DS9, of course, and his acting and his and whatnot. But I didn't realize. That, oh, oh my God, he can audio, He could do audio books and really make it he, bring no, it home. He,
0: he was an audiobook narrator, and just he didn't do a ton. Um, I want to point out uh, more on on the Irish and interesting stuff. Uh, so remember some of the other characters. There's Pop Richie <laughs> right? Um, which is half name and half, uh, half description. It, um, it
2: sounds very like a like like
0: a '50s Grease sort of vibe. Sure, but uh, Richie, as in he's rich, and what's the name of his story? Lucky Store, right? Yeah. It's like everybody in town is a leprechaun or something, and Dan Green, <laughs> right, and F- Phineas Judd. Um, and when we are first meeting Phineas Judd, I'll see if I can find it in the stories, uh, or in, I'll just do a word search because I'm not seeing it on the page here. Um, his hand is described. Aha, here it is. Oh, no, that's not what, that's, there's a lot of hands in this story though. Clasped and unclasped his hands. Yeah. So the description of, of later on, Phineas Judd's, uh, hand is that it's like a shovel. Do you remember that part? Yes. Oh, now, yeah, Phineas man.
2: Ward and attacked with his great murderous shovel hands.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, his hands here.
2: And, and the trolls are described that way, too. Troll against elf, shovel nails against golden sword, biting jaw against dagger.
0: Right. Um. Here it is. This is the first time we meet Phineas Judd. Uh, above the filling station, the sun shone high in the clear blue sky. Phineas Judd sat playing with the accelerator of his old Ford truck. Uh, Ford is uh, one of the few name brands shouted out. Um, we also get a fliver later. Uh, the motor raced and slowed. And, of course, that's also you know uh, not being able to hear clearly. Phineas reached over and turned the ignition key off, then rolled the window all the way down. So I guess it was not all the way down before, or it was closed. Um, what did you say, he asked? He took off his glasses and began to polish them. Steel rims between slender, deft fingers. So his fingers are slender and deft when we first meet him. He's wearing glasses. And at the end, he is a uh, shovel-handed, giant, you know, e- low, ear-lobed, uh, horror, the, the leader of the trolls. He's not even a king, right? Mm. The chief of the trolls or whatever. And, and of course, he do, as a chief troll, he doesn't have a name. He's just a faceless creature to be destroyed like in every, every, you know, RP, uh, our, uh, you know, first person shooter RPG, there's like waves of enemies and then there's the boss and the boss doesn't even get a name, right? The developers know their name, but we just shoot the boss and maybe we give them a name because it's, you know, some, how to beat that particular level boss. But if you're going to kill somebody, you don't want to know their name. <laughs> That's not a good thing to have, right? You you want to sort of not be connected to the animal that you're eating. You don't want to be connected to the person that you're murdering. Uh, so I thought that was really the transformation is that it's not that uh, – listen, listen to the rest of the description of him. Uh, what did you say? He asked. He took his glasses off, polished them between steel rims, slender fingers that were patient from years of practice. He restored his glasses to his nose and smoothed what remained of his hair into place. This is just a, a sort of an, another old guy in the town, right? He's not, um, he's not really a troll.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when, uh, he sees his neighbor who also there's no evidence that uh, Phineas Judd is married or has any kids or anybody in the house with him, right? When he sees his, right. his friendly neighbor going in through his yard to go to this oak tree, um, he needs to meet them when the moon rises, is what the the uh, elves told him, right? And he stays there. The oh, was it when the moon sets? Okay. That was when the moon rises. Um when he instead of um going to the tree like he said he would do he gets talked into the house and has coffee and warms up and seems to warm up to the guy and say yeah you know what i think i will go home and have that hot bath um it's like uh what what uh, what festering resentment suddenly came forth it's uh, that's why i'm thinking it's it's like, um, this is the insanity defense also, right? Like, uh-huh. if you came, if you, came, if you're the police detective investigating this murder and you find, oh, there's a barrel stave and, uh, you know, a man beaten to death, you're going to say, well, wh- who, who had motive here? And it's like, well, nobody, right? <laughs> they were just having coffee. There's no motive here. It's almost like that festering resentment of of uh, you know black people being oppressed by white people in the United States. I, I, there's there's no way to explain it. It's uh, the system grinding people down is what you seem to be pointing to, Evan. But mm-hmm. um, I noticed also that uh, both of them had stones. Did you notice that? Laid in front of their homes? Yeah,
3: Yeah, they did it together, though. Yeah.
0: So, um, the first time it's mentioned, he went down the road, feeling his way on the first flat stone steps that he and Phineas Judd had laid during the summer. So, I don't know if it's the previous summer, but they're doing something together, right? At the top of the steps, he looked back. The platform was coming slowly along. Swaying a little from side to side, behind it, the elf soldiers picked their way. A tiny column of silent, dripping creatures, unhappy and cold, just like him. I'll get the fire started. Okay, so the next time we see stone steps, it's... He looked around, but the elf soldier was already gone. Shadrach walked up the highway, his mind full of doubts and wonderings. When he came to the first of the flat stone steps, he stopped. And the old oak tree is on Phineas's farm? What'll Phineas say? Skip ahead. Shadrach went up the steps, his lips pressed tight. When he reached the top of the stone steps, the last rays of sunlight had already faded. It was night.
2: That seems really... I mean, if you, if you don't want to go for the insanity um, interpretation, that's, that's really mythic. Like, he reaches the threshold of mm-hmm. his house right at night
0: and um the next time we see stones um is behind the glasses the eyes were like two stones cold and lifeless the ears were immense the hair stringing and matted well he's an old man too right um and then shadrach sank down on a stone his chest rose and fell painfully Red specs spammed before his eyes. Weakly, he got out his pocket handkerchief and wiped his neck and face. He closed his eyes, shaking his head from side to side. Yeah. Uh, you can shake your head and side to side for two reasons. Like, wow, I'm glad that, o- that's over. And the other's like, what have I done? Right. And then, you know, clearing,
2: clearing your head. Yeah.
0: The last uh, time stone appears in the story. Um, I was hoping you hadn't gone, Shadrach said, relieved. This is the part the tacked on ending. I think we think, uh, and we were hoping you wouldn't leave," said a soldier. Shadrach kicked a stone. It bounced through the tight silence. Uh, bounced through the tight silence. It bounced through the tight silence. Stopped. I don't think that's correct. And
2: stopped. It bounced through
0: and the tight silence stopped? and stopped. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's different. Uh, oh, yeah.
2: I, I, I found it. I found a different Excellent.
0: version. The elves were still watching him, so. Uh, one of the things that's different about his, his, uh, uh, his gas station than his home is that water washing in on the wooden floor. And he's got, you know, his house has got stone steps because of this, you know, it's to prevent the water from mudding up his, his walk, I guess, right? It's, it, there's, there's, so much about the, like, the fact that he said it in Colorado. Um, it could have been, you know, California. It could have been, uh, in a more urban environment, although I wouldn't expect that would be the place to go. It has to be in a, in a relatively, uh, uh near some trees anyways, right? Um, mm-hmm. in the, if you look at the, uh, Disney stuff, it's fair. it's much more, I don't think it's supposed to be Colorado. It's much more green and, Um, full of trees. Yeah. But there's, there's something going on about the, the isolation, the environment, the wind, the rain, the stone. Um, and you know, he's talking again out of the basement, right? That's where the, where the legions of, um, trolls come and, uh, right back into, um, a lot of Philip K. Dick stories or the basement or the garage, right? The puttering
2: around in the garage
0: yeah yeah well, there's a, that whole story uh, I know Evan knows it um, it's a, a, basically a retelling of Noah's ark what's that one called builder the builder right he's building in the garage everybody thinks he's crazy um but he's got his sons enlisted and
3: yeah that was like a PTSD story too that was a
0: war really about interesting that. right it's like <laughs> he's building this ark because you know Obviously, Noah's insane until it works out in the story, right? And same here. So, really fascinating. It's being collected in stories about fairies and uh, (laughs) fantasies, but actually it's a mental illness story, I think, really.
2: Really fascinating. Yeah.
3: I don't quite remember what I said about the, the economics of this all, but, you know... When, when When is the interstate highway system set up? That's like in the... 1950s. 50s. Yeah.
2: 56.
3: So that's... The story was written before that. But you have, like, people like Robert Moses, right, in New York, building the parkways. I mean, literally building roads that bypass whole communities
2: or or, you know, or, like or, or like here they go right through yeah. the community and destroy it. Like they did here with the Rondo neighborhood in Minneapolis. St. Paul was a, was a big African-American community and they decided to stick 94 right through it and destroy it basically as a, yeah. private community.
3: Mm. like, I, I don't know how much Dick's conscious of this, these changes. I'm sure on some level he's aware because he is, he thinks a lot about the suburbs and you know, the automobile is, leading to communities being sort of bypassed and neglected. yeah, that's such a big part of I think the changing landscape of America in the in the fifties and sixties.
2: I mean I mean like like Radiator Springs in the movie Cars, for example, where the, the highway has passed by this poor town and it's slowly disintegrating. Mm. Or or yeah. in a darker boat, the Bates Motel, which is on a road that mm. no one goes to anymore.
3: Oh
0: mm-hmm. That's interesting.
3: Yeah, right? and even that, that story we we talked about before, it was in that that series, The Commuter. That's mm-hmm. kind of, about oh, towns mm-hmm. that sort of
0: exist could have, sort of... Could have come into that, existence. That's or... a different side of it. That's that these mm-hmm.
3: suburban communities kind of can be anywhere. It doesn't really matter. It's kind of arbitrary where they are. Um, but, I mean, this, you know, as a... Dick, as a kind of a in-real-time com- commenting on... Suburban sprawl, I think, is yeah. an interesting way to read him, and you, you can know, kind of go chronologically to to you know to watch this development in his stories.
0: the The color of the uh, the trolls is dark. There's uh, there's an illustration, and they're described as dark, bent over things. Right, a flood of dark creatures from out of Phineas's basement. Um, and then there's the um, the color of of uh phineas's skin himself which is yellow like uh old parchment um and we we did get that description of Shadrach's skin as um uh, oh there's a story called shadrach in the furnace that's a science fiction story too is that harlan ellison um i think he's a black character maybe i'm wrong i wonder if that's earlier
2: there it is. No, the Shadrach in the Furnace
0: is Silverberg. Silverberg, aha. Uh-huh. Oh, it's
2: 1976. And yeah, yeah, it's set in, uh, no, he's not black, he's, nope. uh, no, he's Asian because it's set in uh, Mongolia.
0: Ah. Uh-huh.
2: Mm. Yep, the main character, Shadrach Mordecai, personal doctor of the world, dictator Genghis the Second <laughs> al fourth. Sounds fun. That could be, yeah, unfortunately it's way too late for us to put an audio version handy. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. We haven't done a lot of, so have we done any? Andy program? Yeah, one? we have. We've done a little bit, but not a lot on this program. Yeah. But a lot of it's not available either, so. That's right.
0: Dying really Side was the last thing. one, I think. Yeah, I, I might be the only uh, one, uh, one that done. Maybe has. Book of Skulls, that was good too.
2: Oh yeah, Book of Skulls and Dying side. Those are the only two we did. It
0: uh, could be. I don't know. I I I think you know, spending time with Philip K. Dick short fiction is super rewarding. I don't and so, I and sometimes
2: more rewarding than the novels. That's what I'm oh, saying. Some of, like
0: some of his novels are like triumphs, right? They're just like amazing triumphs, and some of them are like, oh, that's cool and that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but with these short stories, I feel like often they are, they are polished gems of gorgeousness that need to be uh you know broken open and shown to people because a uh, little treasure box is full of full of amazing polished ideas that are are really like the psychology of of a man in his time
2: yeah We've discussed before the psychology of a lot of his stories and also the the one non the one non science fiction novel he did puttering about in The small land, which I keep going back to because it just feels very very much in line with that tradition yep mm-hmm.
0: I'm trying to uh, I, i'm pretty sure Shadrach is a is a um yeah let's see he's in the book of Daniel all right uh-huh. Sh- story of Shadrach. Menshack, uh, oh my god, there's a pop-up. Uh, I don't know. Oh my god. Back to Maine, continue to cite. I don't care. God damn it. <laughs> Bible study tools They're trying to make me subscribe to their stuff. All right, I'll use a non-adlocker browser. That'll solve me. All right. Shadrach, Menshack, and Ab- Abnego from the book of Daniel tells us of three Jewish boys who refused to bow down to the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. The three men grew wise and respected as the appointed officials in Babylon. Other Babylonian officials were jealous of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abnego, were able to get King Nebuchadnezzar to command that all people bow down to a golden statue. When the three men refused to bow down and worship the idol and god of Babylon, king of Nebuchadnezzar had them thrown into a fiery furnace. There you go. There's the furnace from the silver brick, which was heated seven times hotter than normal. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abnego had faith in that God would save them. Uh, when King Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fire, he saw four men walking around in the furnace unharmed. Shadrach, Meshach, Abnego, and the Son of God. Uh, okay, so it's about being thrown into a furnace, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, slightly different than our story here. Um, kind of painful though.
3: Yeah, Daniel's wild though. Book of Daniel. Yeah, yeah,
2: because yeah, yeah it's, it's one of the apocalyptic novels that's in the Old Testament, which makes it, makes it a very strange fit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you expect that stuff to be at the end of the New Testament, but no. Here is here's Daniel and all sorts of weird visions and prophecies and people getting thrown in furnaces.
0: Well, all prophecies are true, Paul. Oh, otherwise, they there no wouldn't such, be prophecies. That's right. There's no such thing as a false prophet. Uh, one of the trademarks, we don't, uh, uh, you know, not having any females, we're not allowed to have any boobs in this story. But we do have coffee.
2: Oh, we do? Yep. Well, we uh, don't have any kibble, though. No kibble.
0: Coffee? Shadrach looked up at the pale moon above him, the moon and the bleak sky. The world was still and dead, and the night was very cold, and moon would be setting, would not be setting for some time. And then he has more coffee. Um, he also gives, (laughs) I thought that was so cute. Um, until the story turns, right? Um, he also gives the king of the elves a cup of hot chocolate, <laughs> <laughs> which I think probably also got a laugh from that, uh, René reading. Um, Shadrach stretched his legs out and sighed, this coffee sure tastes good, Phineas. So he's just having a nice cup of coffee and then they go outside, he gets a, he goes, walks over to the barrel stave. And it beats his friend to death. <laughs> yeah. Could yeah. you
2: say
3: no kipple? No kibble. Oh, kibble. No kibble.
0: There's, there's definitely
3: kipple in this.
0: What's the kipple? Uh, well, the just people. the whole
3: setting, the people. Yeah. So, human kipple.
0: Yeah. Human kipple. That kind of junk. Well, yeah, that's the whole. The leftovers. That's right. That's, that, that's what kipple was ultimately about, right? It was the leftovers, not of just humans. Hanging out mm-hmm. at the beach and making a mess. It's the leftovers of those who are not moving on to what the West or whatever. Mars, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Thank you very much. Thank you,
2: Jesse. Yeah, yeah.
1: Thank you.
3: Next nice one.
0: This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com and thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com/sffaudio.